system for offline. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. The Pat and AJ Podcast. Well, because they got great banter. They jib-jab. Jib-jab, jib-jab, jib-jab. Pat and AJ. I feel like the conversation we've been having in the last five minutes is a lot more interesting than the shit they're talking about on the radio. Just moronic commentary and stupid sound effects, and it's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. It's the Pat and AJ Podcast. Just sitting here, I am so excited to fix your antique radio. Oh, (laughs) Antique. It is an antique. It is. It is an antique. It's weird because it's an antique from like the forties. It's an antique that's just been in my life since my existence. Oh, so you just you don't see so, it as an antique. To me, it's just like that's been there. But. Oh, it's antique as fuck. No, uh, it, we have this antique radio that Pat's mom had growing up, and, and my it's grandparents. Your grandparents. She see that's it's already been passed through generations. How fucking weird is that? Did she have it in her house? Yeah. Oh, I remember. It was in the yeah. living room. She kept uh, like a shit ton of records on top of it, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. And I then originally, it now. where it was in my life, this radio. And by the way, when AJ promotes this on the socials, this new episode, promote it with a picture. Of this, I right? will, so you can get a visual. So you, I mean, this thing is, is like waist high on me. I mean, it's it's one of those big. It, well, it's it's, it's old timey radio, yeah. right? It's, it's 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 like from yeah, we're gonna listen to fucking Little Orphan Annie. Yes, I was just gonna say it's like a Christmas story when they're laying on the totally, floor. Yeah, yeah, right, or a War of the World stuff. So yes, in my life where I grew up, um, being that I grew up in 1978, so a good 30 years after this thing came into my family's existence, this was in my grandparents' basement, and it still worked. You could still plug it in, and you could hear radio on it. That's like cool. the speaker worked there. There's a turntable in the middle. Oh, that, that's why your mom put records on top yeah, of it. Okay. That never quite worked, but there was something going on. But the the radio part worked. These days, now it's not operable at all. But it I is. I think you know we if we really wanted to, oh, absolutely. We because it was in it was in your you said your grandparents' basement. That's where I remember it. But before that, obviously, when it first came into their lives, it was upstairs entertainment right like this was a centerpiece of a room just like a tv is well before a tv which is funny because the way we have it in the room now it's underneath a tv it's underneath it's a focal point of the room so it's still a focal point but it was you know it's in the podcast studio and we had we had put it in storage when pat's mom died and when we were yeah, because it went from the grandparents, yeah. they died. My mom took it. Then my mom got sick, and then eventually, of course, I have it now. So we had a storage uh, space in Michigan full of her stuff, which you know we were just lazy and like we're going to pay on this till we move. Yeah. And then we said, well, we can't bring it to Hawaii if that's where we're moving because the wood will rot. Yeah, that's right. The original plan, and 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 just so you know, it's 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 very kind of. Uh, nerdy to radio people but this has on it uh this is cool yeah presets right so <laughs> this is just like your car it's yeah. kind of fucking weird because i have to remember a lot of like i'm i may be talking to a contingency of people who don't even know what presets are like even on a car well, don't get too into but de- just you if know. you know what a preset yeah. is right it has uh i think nine nine preset buttons that you punch in right anyone who remembers those old car radios you punch them in right but they're not just presets that you would have said, these are my favorite stations. They're like nine original Chicago radio stations. So cool. Because there were no other fucking radio yeah. stations. They gave it to you like, look, these are the only nine we got, so we're going to label them for you. And some of these stations um, still exist today, like WGN is on there. Awesome. So you would be able to, back in the day, you would assume buy this from Sears, by the way, in case you're wondering. <laughs> Told you, my grandfather came back in World War II. Worked for Sears until... So, the end. So everything came from Sears. 
So, you know, Sears makes this and goes, all right, look, here are the stations. And you'd buy it, you'd bring it home, you plug it in, you hit WGN, boom, 720 AM comes on and you're listening. So we had this in the storage space. We were like, well, we can't bring it to Hawaii. Ended up not moving to Hawaii because our cat. <laughs> um, but then we were going to we were gonna sell it, actually. Yeah. I had somebody that wanted to buy it who is a, to a, radio, a radio person. She yeah. does radio in a, a suburb of Chicago. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, I'll meet you halfway, blah, blah, blah. And then well, it turned was... out we weren't moving. And I said, well, screw that. Do you still want to sell it? And Pat was like, no, like, let's take it with us. So now this big, gorgeous antique radio is in our podcast studio. And Pat was really smart. I love what he did with it. He I wanted he, to incorporate it into the room. Well, yeah, make it use it because you can't use it. And yeah. and to be honest, even if we could, would we turn it on and listen to the radio? Probably not. No. Um, so he turned it into, he bought a big, piece of wood and turned it into a table for his DJ set. So basically I DJ when I play all my crazy electronic music, I DJ on top of the radio, which yeah. I thought was kind of cool. Cause I said, I feel like I'm bringing together different generations. Yes. Well, and it's, right? and it is that look at it. Very. You've got your radio, then the DJ set, yeah. then the TV. It's, so it's all like different three shit. generations, but you know, it's got one of those, um, like, fabric covers over the speaker and i I think anyone who's ever seen like an amplifier right like they have like that fabric yeah our cat's an asshole and has destroyed it your cat no no he's your cat that's the one you brought home without my permission yeah but he's your favorite he's your cat you know yeah no he does fuck it up he i do like how this radio lasted uh i don't know uh, fucking 60 years in my family untouched three months in this house with a cat and and the cat's like destroyed well, a huge focal part yes, of it. Yes, I would say it's it's not the end of the world. They've got you know they've gotten it's, at the you fabric. Know Can I tell you what the cat fucking that up was? Um, like I think a beautiful evolutionary point for me because I feel like it's something that I would have formerly let flipped really out bother. About. Yeah, you would have flipped out. Kind of like when uh, AJ's parents' dog jumped up on the table and ate my chicken wings. That I had just made when I was watching the Chicago Bears game. True story. And then I yelled at the dog. Then AJ yelled at me for yelling at the dog. And, you know. But I feel like it was such an evolutionary jump forward. Because when I came in here the first day and saw that the cat had fucked it up. I said, well, I can now choose to be upset about this at an animal. But does this animal know all the emotional attachment I have to this? No, it's just easy for him to get his claws right. into. It's funny, though, because... And I the- sat there and basically said, okay, sera, sera, and just walked away. So I'm proud of myself how much it is unbothered Good. me that that is fucked up. Um, it's funny, too, because the back is open. So the cats, when they chase each other around, they'll hide in they the back in of the- it. But, it's so- a nice hidey hole. So uh, basically what I was getting, I'm actually in, impressed because your mom had a cat. She had a couple of cats. None of them fucked And they them. never touched you know it. Why? You know why? Why? You ready? Fucking declawed. That's right. Oh, back, yeah. Back that's in the old why. death penalty days of fucking, uh, you know, like like these days, you would literally, you think people are fucking pissed off? I was just going to say, if you, you the word declaw <laughs> for cats is up there with the word abortion. Like people I watch, yeah, right, freak right. Out. Whatever it is that's pissing people off today, FBI, Mar-a-Lago, fucking abortion, whatever it is, take that and intensify it by 100%. That's the reaction you get these days if you say, hey, I was thinking about declawing my cat. So forgive my mother 
But this was the 90s where, yes, it was very customary. You got a cat. You took it to a vet. And they, de- and they declawed it. So I can't. That's why. Okay. I can't say that my mom's cats were just better behaved. wildly they better behaved. Yeah. They didn't have the ability to go scratch this thing up. So unfortunately, our cats, because we do live now in the days of uh, death penalty, right? You yeah. guys will all hunt us down if we declaw the cats. Trust me. We said that word one Holy day. Shit. On our morning show, one day. Jesus Christ. And I mean, the hate mail, the calls. I'm. We were close to right? a death threat. We really were. <laughs> we were one step down from a death threat when we said we're going to get our cat to Claude. So, you know, things get a little fucked up around here. And yeah, the cat decided to, whenever the fuck it was, take on this vintage radio and tear up this felt that has, again, uh, been around since fucking Harry Truman. And uh, fuck it up. But now, so what do you do? You're fixing it now? Yeah, so I... I I which, work- which again, I do not give a shit. I'm at the point where I'm like, it's life. Well, this is what it looks like now. I, I, don't I give care. a shit because I work in here and I see so that you every have to day. See it more, and yeah. I'm every day. I'm like, damn, I should fix that. Damn, I should fix that. So then yesterday, I had like a 10 minute break, and I said, "Hello, internet. Where can I get this piece of the radio? Turns out they sell that fabric. Now they don't sell like the, you're not going to get the original from 1940. I mean, like that's what I was going to ask. Like, is this like some vintage? Like we found a spool of this in the no. back of a New York fabric store. No, but they sell it. Um, it's there. It's not on Amazon, but they sell it on eBay and Etsy. I'm going to tell you something. And there's a YouTube video about how to put it on there. So that's I, the part that I, I'm worried about because oh, it's not again, that hard. I love my wife. I feel like. Like, fuck, I hate saying it because people are like, then you're going to say, but I love my wife. But But we've always said she's very ambitious with her I can do it projects. And she does get them done a lot of the time. Is it done like a professional? Usually not. Is it done to get the job done? Sure. Something like this. I'm just afraid that I'm going to walk in here and eventually you're going to have like this entire thing no. in pieces and you're going to be like, I don't know how to get Mm-mm. it back together. No. So trust me, I watched the video first to determine if this was within my expertise, Yes, which is this nothing. Is like vintage craftsmanship. Um, so basically that panel comes out and you just stretch the fabric around it and attach the fabric and put it back in. It's okay. that you, you don't dismantle have the whole radio. Have you checked to see if that actually comes out? No, not yet. <laughs> You got to check that before you order this stuff. Well, regardless, I'm trying to fix your fucking radio. See, again, and I can't say anything about it because then that's the answer I get, which is, well, I'm taking the initiative, which is why I learned to, ladies and gentlemen, do a very great thing. Shut the fuck up. You know, I mean, most marriages can be saved by simply someone at some point in time learning how to shut the fuck up. I I wish you very well on it. Hey, just like uh, Malibu Rum 151, that's where we are. It's the 151st episode of the Pat and AJ podcast. Hello. Thank you for being here. Um, core childhood memory. What do you have? Core childhood memory. I'm like, not, I mean, I'm talking something you can fucking feel. Not like a, you know, oh, I know we went to grandma's, but something that if I like say. Like a specific event? A core, yeah. A, a fucking thing, an object, a time, an event. Something that's just emblazoned. Like when you know one day when you're on your deathbed and all of a sudden you get the slideshow of your life as your brain is shutting off, you know this is going to be one of them. My, 
I have two from when I was really little. One was getting gum stuck in my hair when I was like a toddler. I shouldn't have been chewing gum, but I was for some reason. <laughs> and I went to it's the eighties. No one. Yeah, gave no. Shit. And no, I went. <laughs> I went to sleep in my crib. That I was. I must have been in the transitional phase. You <laughs> gum gum in a crib with lots of pillows and blankets. Yeah. Right? yeah. And I I woke up and I remember my head being stuck to the pillow, and my mom had to cut my hair. There's that one, and then the other core memory I have was in that same apartment in Stalis, y'all. I was trashy, man. West Dallas, Wisconsin. Yeah, it's just outside with uh, Milwaukee. Um, I remember sitting on the couch in our apartment, and there had been like a little toy I wanted from the grocery store. Mm. And my mom kept saying, wait till your dad gets home and ask him, and then we can go back tomorrow if he says yes. My dad got home that day, yeah. and it was the first time I'd seen him cry because he had he was in the National Guard at the time. He got called to work at a plane crash in Milwaukee that day. Mm. So he came home all dirty, and he was like in his suit from work. And he was crying. And I knew even at that young age, this is not the time to ask for the toy. Good for you. <laughs> That's for, my uh, core memory. <laughs> reading the room. So one of your core memories involves a trauma with your dad. See, this is, I could get into psychology here, but I won't. The reason why I ask is because I shit you not, man. And it's weird. And if you've ever, it really is for me, it's the closest I can empathize with people who have like PTSD to the point to where something triggers them and they just feel it. Okay. Right? Like like you hear about that. Anyone out there, you ever dealt with someone that has PTSD or heard about it, it's like a veteran, they can, you know, get hear a backfire of a car and then they literally yeah. are transported. Well, that's what they say about like fireworks on the 4th and yeah, stuff like right? that. Like yeah, right. Like physiological. Now your brain is like, holy shit, I'm back in Afghanistan. Yeah. There's a firefight. The other day, AJ posted on our socials. Another great reason to follow our socials, not just to see how bad a cat can fuck up a radio from 1948, but also how said cat can also then look like Grogu from a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> so AJ posted this picture on our socials of little Grogu, baby Yoda, and our cat who do look... They sus- look a lot alike, suspiciously yeah. alike. I'll give you that much. Uh, but in doing so, it kind of came from another meme that she had shown me. And that was, hey, did you hear about the creator of Oh, it wasn't Gremlin? a meme. Yeah, it was an yeah. article yeah. where... The, yeah, meme, article. Yeah, the, the uh, either director or creator, I don't know which one, of, of Gremlins basically called out Disney saying that Grogu, Baby Yoda, yeah. is a total ripoff of the gremlins yeah uh of gizmo of right? gizmo yeah i mean i mean gremlins are technically what happens to mogwise well, yeah. after they eat after midnight do we need to talk about i'm sorry i forgot the chicken the fried chicken in the, the fridge i remember that remember that yeah it's all because fucking the see if you if you would have had an apple watch they wouldn't have been able to fuck with the time he would have known what time it was <laughs> God, that's one another one of those movies where now, in hindsight, I'm like, I can't believe my parents let me watch God, that shit it. as a kid. It scared they the did, shit they, out they of me. They didn't know how to market Gremlins. No. Is it a Christmas movie? Is, is it a monster ki- movie? Is it a, is a kids, kids movie? movie? No, it's none of these but, things. Right, but, I mean, Gremlins, for me, was a huge movie. It was Gizmo. It was this little cute mogwai, and it was more so right that he was a Christmas present yeah. for a dude. And right, and like I, for anyone out there, but more specifically, maybe only children such as myself who had no one. You always imagined one day that you would get like this partner, this buddy delivered. Whether <laughs> whether it was a robot, right? That's why I I held out hopes for like a robot, like Johnny Five. One day, I I get a Johnny Five. <laughs> And then me and Johnny Five would hang out. No, disassemble. Yeah, right. Or, or you know, and, did you or, ever? No, hang on. Did you ever actually get one of those my buddy teddy no, bears that no, talked to you? No, I did not. My buddy. No, that was way too. Uh, 
how shall I call it from for my household? Bougie. Name name brand. Oh. Way too name brand. We had to wait for the knockoff Polish version to come to the neighborhood. <laughs> the knockoff Polish version is my boy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it says it in a bad Eastern European uh, accent. My Hello. boy. Hello, my boy. I am your friend. My we, name is we, boy. We are friends. <laughs> so, but Gremlins was a movie for me. That was just, I don't know, I fucking loved it. And I really fell in love with Gizmo. And I remember the one year I had a birthday party at my father's in Iowa, which is weird because for anyone who plays the at-home version of Pat's life, as a child, I only saw my dad for one month out of the year. And I remember the one year they threw me a birthday party. I had no idea why. Was it? Oh, because your birthday's in June. My birthday's in June, but it was weird because I remember like I already had my birthday and then I went out there and they had another birthday party. How was that weird? That's awesome. You get two birthdays. No, it was. It was just weird because I showed up and there was a birthday party for me. But the highlight of the presents was a name brand. Oh, shit. Gizmo oh. Plush. Oh. Right? And I remember eventually like I played with this thing so much that like, the paint would come off the fucking ears. Or, you know, I love this thing. And so I'm sitting here and AJ's, you know, telling me about Gizmo and fighting baby Yoda and she's taking pictures of the cat and baby Yoda. And, and by the way, baby Yoda, Grogu lives in our, our bed. Like we have a plush. We are grown ass adults that have, have a stuffed adult. animal in our bed. I, I do kind of hide him a little bit because I feel like a little bit 16. <laughs> so I kind of put him in between the pillows for the day he sleeps there. Yeah, and then sleeps. at night when we go to bed, we kind of hang out with him and play with him. And then that's it. So we start talking about all this in bed, right? We had sex the other night and I actually put him in the you other did, room. That's right. We're getting ready to bang. And she had to take <laughs> the like, dog out of the room and she had to put Grogu in yes, the corner. I'm like, you cannot. You are too little. Yeah. You're a baby. And so we're talking about all this, and AJ's posting this stuff and showing me his articles. What do you think? Yada, yada. And I shit you not, I get flooded with the core memory and joy of that little gizmo that I don't think I'd thought about in 30 fucking years. Isn't that a wonderful feeling, though? Probably it's, more, 35 years. It's I don't like know. a warm blanket. It's fucking crazy. And now that you've said that, because Pat and I, I mean, we talked about this for like a solid hour. Like just, it was cool, because I mean, I legit sat there and I'm like, holy fuck, give me a second. He I'm, got this big, goofy smile on yeah. his face. And I love that. I mean, I wish like, like now I feel like the guy, uh, you know, who goes and hunts down his, his childhood toy you and he wants to like it. rebuy it. That's why. I, like I feel like fucking Citizen Kane with, with Rosebud. Like I'm like, oh my god, that thing brought me joy. And now that you've said that, because I'm going back to Milwaukee uh, for a wedding next month, and my favorite stuffed animal growing up was mm-hmm. a stuffed dog. He was Sprocket, Sprocket. from Fraggle Rock. Yeah. And like which the, which you've said all. By the way, you think our dog looks like Sprocket? Yeah, and like I I. It's just mind blowing when you put the picture of the two of them. It's Sprocket on the show. It was not. I don't think a Schnauzer, but they look alike. And I've always thought that was really creepy. But now I know. I know it's in my parents' basement. Yeah. And I may go like bring it home. I may bring it back here. Hunt that thing down. The only thing that and not even worries me, but just is kind of gross. Is listen, my sister and I, uh, we have very thick hair, and we got lice a lot in school. 
And you you didn't get lice, did you? No, when you were never, a kid, not once. So when you're a kid and you get lice, we were clean and hygienic in my up. household. Actually, that is a myth. <laughs> lice are attracted to clean, thick hair. Yeah, if oh, your hair is oh, nasty. Oh, so so you were cleaner than everyone else. Well, I don't know, but I had thick. That's hair. like, let me tell you right there. I that, wasn't dirty. That is a slick ass politician's answer. Actually. Cleaner than all of y'all. Well, because I remember asking the school nurse about it. I'm like, are we dirty? And so she's hold like, on. no. Are you telling me that you had so much lice that your fucking stuffed animals no. have uh, hey, lice? No, shut up for a second. <laughs> this frockin' so, have lice? So when, when you're a kid and you have lice, you have to bag up like all your stuffed animals. Love your scunny accent coming up, by the way. Oh, did it? Bag up. Bag. You have to bag up. Bag up. Yes. Bag up all your stuffed animals. And like for like a week or two, because if there there is lice on them, they'll just die. Quarantine. See, you were doing quarantining long before, <laughs> before everyone cool. else. Yeah. But I like a lot of those stuffed animals just kind of stayed in the bags and we moved them from our apartment to our duplex from the duplex to the house. So I think Sprocket might still be in a garbage bag That's in my hilarious. parents' basement. Been hanging out there Clear, for 30 years. Clearly lice free. Definitely. <laughs> But I may go look for him now because you've just made me think of what made me all warm and fuzzy as a kid. It really I can, Now I want to go. So I, if I can find my, I'll make you a deal. If I can find my sprocket when I, I go home, I will try to find you a gizmo online. I don't know. It's got to be a specific one. Well, that's why. I, it's not, I wouldn't surprise you. I'd say, is this the one? Is this the one? Is this the one? I just feel like it's, or he could have, like, isn't Tucson Comic Con coming up? I think so. People, like, collectors. I mean, there's so many. Well, I know, but Tucson Comic Con, I think, is in September, Dude. like, the first weekend. And, like, people will sell that I shit there. I could do fucking damage. When we were at... <laughs> when you guys we, went to Comic Con in Phoenix. Yeah, it's called Fan Fusion, because I think Comic Con is, like, fucking, uh, it's, like, copywritten now. It's trademarked now. now, yeah. So it's, like, nerds suing ner- nerds <laughs> over the use of the name. But the Phoenix version, Fan Fusion... All fantasy stuff, but a big contingency of merch, right? Yeah. Like we sell stuff, and a lot of it are vintage retro toys for guys. I mean, I'm 44. I was born in 1978, so this is fucking weird for us to now be that targeted generation because they're like, one, you guys are old. Yeah. Two, you have money. You have money. You yeah. have money now because you're old. And three, you're probably bored and miserable in life, so you want to recreate happiness from your childhood. Yes. Let us try to sell you all of those, those things are you. All those happy memories, right? That's where I'm at. But when I was there at Fan Fusion, there was kind of the same thing. Not as like fucking gut punchy as me thinking of Gizmo, where I was like, holy shit, I hadn't thought about it. But seeing a lot of um, the Star Wars toys, because. Again, I was born in 78. Yeah. My childhood was engulfed in the world of Star Wars and more so Star Wars toys, right? Because that was yeah. the big thing that Star Wars did better than anyone else was they got together with this little uh, toy company called Kenner. Kenner. Holy shit. I haven't thought in that. Oh, my God. I haven't heard that word in a long time. Right? And by the way, there's a great story behind that because the other big toy makers thought it was a fucking flop. Really? Yeah, there's a great... If you want to look into it, any Star Wars nerd probably knows it already. That there were... Yes, they were basically... No one wanted to do business with this little sci-fi film and make their toys, except for this one little place in Ohio. Kenner. Like, yeah, we'll do that. So I just... $12 billion dollars well, later. yeah. I just but, looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> She's already I'm, had her phone on. Well, no, I looked it up bed. because I'm curious because... 
ba- Grogu is yeah. just a younger Yoda. That's all it is. Yeah, He's sure. a baby Yoda. So are you saying, should they have called this out in the 80s, saying that the gremlins were ripping off Yoda? Yes, I think it's a bit of a stretch to do it now because Star Wars came out in 77. That's what I was looking up as the dates. Okay. Gremlins came out in 84. Yeah. So that's not really fair because was Yoda was... seven when Gremlins came out. I was two. That's why I was right there yeah. in the pocket, man. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I was two, yeah. and I think my parents were like, oh, it's fine, and then they probably watched it and said, no, it's not. <laughs> When did Gremlins 2 come out? Look up that, too. Gremlins 2. Gremlins I, I'm 2 guess, is good. I'm going to guess 87 just because I'm, I'm going with, like, the the length of time between a hit movie and its Man, sequel. listen, we rebooted everything in the fucking world. Where is my Gremlins What, what year do you think? Uh, if the fur, hold on. If Gremlins came out in 84, I'm going to say we were cranking out sequels pretty fast. I'm going to say 86. 90. No shit. Gremlins it took 2. six years to get that thing together. The new batch. Holy yeah, No, I remember because they all go to New York and then they make all the sub variants. It's really a great movie. <laughs> it sounds they, wonderful. They somehow, is it Bobby? Billy. They get Billy out of the little town. Like Billy realizes his dreams of being an architect and he goes to New York and of course fucking Gizmo ends up there with him and oh, oh my goodness, someone spilled water. And then we ate chicken. And then you ate chicken and after then here midnight. We are. And then somehow we end in a chorus of New York, New York. Everyone forgets that. Are you shitting me? There's a fucking sing-along in New York, New York. Ah, 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 Stop spreading the news. news. I'm going to watch both of those things tonight. Oh, my God. How come we haven't gotten... I'm leaving this can, weekend. Feel free. Can Disney <laughs> please buy Gremlins and reboot it to such glory the same way that you did with Star they Wars? They can't, though, because it's not... Come they, on. They own the Star Wars stuff now. They can't, they're they not going to push in Gremlins. Do they Forget ever. That. What was the other thing you were talking about on uh, Grogu? Um, the tag on his butt. What oh, was that all about? So this is funny. So before we went to Disneyland, we talked about it on the podcast. And I mentioned how I wanted to buy the ears to wear to the park. Because I'm like, if you're going to Disney, go balls out. Be, be Disney all day I mean, long. Especially if it's, I mean, listen, if it's your first time. And for a lot of folks, right, it's a once-in-a-lifetime trip. You're not going to be, I mean, unless you live close and you have money and all this. But for a lot of folks, you're going to make it down to Disney maybe one, two times. So if you are, what you're saying is, make it, make it, you know, a gut punch. This wasn't my first time at a Disney park, but this is my first time at Disneyland. So I'm like, I'm going to go balls out and be a kid Plus with your family, right? Like with your, I mean, you're bringing your child along with your husband. It's a surreal moment. So I said I wanted to buy ears and everybody said, buy them off Etsy or Amazon before you go to the park because the park overcharges and they're actually not as good as the ones that are handmade. And I did. And when we got to the park, there are 7 million different variations of ears nowadays, but I could tell who bought them from the park Mm. and who didn't because the ones that are bought at Disney parks have these really long Disney park, like white tags on them because I saw girls and and grown women. They would wrap them around the headband part because they were so long. They're like Disney tail. Yeah. Disney tail. Totally. And then I I noticed, I don't know why I looked up his skirt, but uh, Grogu, (laughs) I was like. One, Grogu's wearing underwear. Did you know that? I think that's what I was looking. I'm like, did they put a peen on him or is he wearing underwear? (laughs) Is he like Ken? Does he have nothing going on? Yeah. If you have a a baby Yoda, Grogu plush from Disney, lift up the cloak and he's got little brown undies on. He's got little brown undies on, (laughs) which is very cute, but I didn't even notice it. I thought it'd be cooler if they had like uh, the Resistance logo on the back, like on the butt, (laughs) like he's wearing designer ones. Um. But yeah, I didn't even notice it. He's got two of those really long tags. One's on his 
leg and one's on his cloak. And for some reason, I have never seen him before. Yeah, these things are as infamous with Disney officially licensed um, items, I guess, as uh, receipts are with CVS. Yeah. Um, this is how much they're, you know, kind of linked. And you were saying that's the difference between the knockoffs and the reels. Here's my thing about the ears, though. And I realize this. This is the one big difference between when I went as a kid to Disney World and what we just did. There are a million fucking options, right? I mean, there's ears, there's whatever character you want. They have that. You want the Halloween one with Jack. They have that, whatever it is. I did not see, or maybe just no one fucking wears them, the traditional the Mouseketeer ears, which I remember being. Because they ha- they're attached to like that little cap. It's like a hat. Yeah, see, that's what I, I remember those. Or again, you got I don't under- think they make them. You've got to understand. Maybe it's a Disney. You no, know trust what, though- me, they're there. I just don't think no, no one buys them. Because when I first went, and again, I feel like I was raised in 1953 because my mom was stunted around that age. And then I was raised in my grandparents' house. My mom bought me that one. It was like the little beanie. Yeah. With the fucking ears. Beanie, yeah. That's the traditional one. I didn't see anyone wearing them, I didn't and I even know see, they sell. But I didn't even see them for sale, and we went into a lot of shops. They're, they got to still be around. I wonder if, because I, I wonder if those are a Disney World thing, though, because I've seen them more. No. I've been to Disney World three times, they and I've seen both. them. But I also, they're not really practical. See, no, that's what I was going to say. I think they're there. I just think now they're smart enough to go, okay, most people want something more practical because yeah. they were the most uncomfortable, not stay on your head. Yeah, like, they fall off. Yeah, the, like, I mean, unless you pin it on. Like, like listen, the Mouseketeers exactly had it pinned on yeah. with bobby pins because they were on TV. They're not meant to put on your head. That's what it, One too many. Many kids lost those beanies on Space Mountain, and they're like, they're cleaning up all the little ear caps on the bottom of Space Mountain, and they said, screw this, we are done. What they should do is only employ uh, retired rabbis to hand those out, right? Because give them the old yarmulke talk. There's a lot of retired Jews in Florida, you know. Put a religious spin on it. Yeah, be like, all right, listen, you guys want to buy the Mouseketeer ears? Let let Herman here tell you exactly how to get it. Listen, you Take care of it, yeah. Put the pin here, the head's going to blow away. That could help, yeah. Uh, they should They should reinvent them and have a, a Jewish person do it so that it'll stay on. It has they, to be on there. But, they, but you know what, though? Those I, And I feel awful. No one fucking wears them, Is it, It's Oh, what's it called? What what's are that? the caps they wear? Which ones? Um, Jewish people. Yamaka. Yamaka. Yeah. Um, they pin them on. Mm-hmm. Like if, if yeah, yeah. I mean, like you, anyone. You, I've all I've never seen a yarmulke yeah. not pinned on. So I, I mean, not that Chicago has like a huge Jewish population, but I do remember when I would, you know, see folks from the uh, tribe. Yeah, they. I mean, the guys would usually have it some way yeah. Bobby pinned on. So what they need to do is sell those Mouseketeer fucking caps, the originals, with like a pin to help clamp that fucker on. You know your what head. they should do instead of selling them with Bobby pins, they should sell them because I. It's funny. I was just packing. Uh, I have an Irish dance competition this weekend yeah she's going back to california I'm going back to cali she's going back to disney going world. back to cali what's the song you're I'm only going, a couple going hours back to back. Cali, cali uh yeah you're going what you're going five hours away so yeah. what's it two more hours of disneyland yeah go by my godmother would love to see you i know she would she's I, I should invite her to palm springs for the weekend we have a girls weekend um but i was just packing for it and i noticed um some of the clips on my hair pieces yeah. have come off i have to glue those but then like um they have these clips underneath, 
They're um, Jesus. so they clip on, but you can't see the clips. That's what they should do with those Disney caps. Mm. Is have the clips inside, and then basically they just like clip into your hair. We're just getting close to like wigs at this point. I mean, now we're just Disney wigs. I feel like it's just RuPaul's Drag Race. We're talking about like how to keep your wig on. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. <laughs> Irish dance. It has a lot of components of RuPaul's Drag Race, and yeah. it is literally RuPaul's Drag Race without the tuck. The boobs, and um, that's about it. I mean, speaking up, you just brought it up right there. You are you are going back back to Cali, Cali. Um, you're going to Palm Springs, not because you're looking for a gay BFF. No, uh, but, but if but, I find one, that'll be awesome. You know, uh, but you're going to the famed Coachella Valley to uh, participate in an Irish dance competition. Yes, and can you explain? The importance of this one versus any other one in a most layman's way for anyone listening who understands that AJ is an adult Irish dancer. She has done this since she was a child. Uh, you've competed. You've, te- you've taught. You've danced for shits and gigs. Um, explain what you're doing this weekend. So this weekend is no different than all the other competitions. It's a fesh. It's the exact same thing. T- but they're doing it. They're smart. They're, it's a moneymaker. Now, this has changed since when I was a kid. They'll do, schools will throw a full weekend, two feshes back, back to back. And a fesh, by the way, is the Irish dance world That's the competition. for a competition. So they'll throw two back to back and people will stay. They'll stay in the hotel and they'll pay for the second one on the second. It's a great, it's, so it's, like it's two, a money grab. So two different schools will no, say. No, it's one school, so two one different school, feshes. Yeah. Oh, that's a, what? Hold on. One school throws two different competitions on the same weekend? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my school does that here in Tucson, too. Didn't know that. Um, I thought it was just like one weekend jamboree. No. I didn't know there were technically two different events. No, they're two. Actually, you notice I had two number cards because they're two separate events. I did not know that. I have to remember to wear the correct number on the correct page. That's fucking crazy. Because I have two number cards. Okay. So the competition is fine. That's just the basic competition. Do they get you for two registration fees? Yes. Goddamn right they do. This is brilliant. Holy shit. So... The reason this one is so important is because they are holding grade exams, which doesn't happen at every fesh. Grade exams. Grade exams are, um, there's 12 grade exams in Irish dance. And to get your TCRG, which is your certification, like from Ireland to be a certified Irish dance teacher. Okay, so so that is very much like how I just received a license from the state of Arizona to practice as a clinical social worker. Um, this, This is part of the process in becoming licensed from an organization to be able to teach Irish dance. And now here's where I'm going to ask what everyone's probably already thinking. But hold on, Miss AJ. You've told us that you've been teaching Irish dance for years. I have. Hold on, Miss AJ. One of my friend's kids attended your class. So we so explain the difference. Okay, so um you can teach Irish dance and not be certified through the com- commission. Yes. But you can only it's so stupidly complicated. I just like the way you said the commission. No, it's actually called an commission. It's it's Gaelic. <laughs> it's insane. Um it's basically it's it's CLRG. That's the commission. Okay, yeah. So, so they give themselves a name. Yeah. So, so, you so can, they're the commission. You can they're the commission. They're the commission. You can teach and not be certified. Okay. That's fine. Okay. Your dancers cannot compete in a CLRG competition, a CLRG fesh, like what I'm going to this weekend, okay. unless they are taught by a certified dance teacher. Okay. So you have to, I think it's like you have, and it's, you don't have to be taught because like my TCRG travels from Texas to Arizona. He's got schools in both states. Okay. I think you have to be taught by your TCRG once a month to qualify for that. I figured it out. What? I think I have a good comparison. Okay. Okay. 
who's heard of CrossFit, right? Yeah. yeah. Crazy workout stuff. I have friends that love that yeah. shit. CrossFit in itself is um, a copywritten private organization, yeah. right? Someone came up with this uh, fitness routine and they train people to then be certified in how to teach CrossFit. And those people can go open up their own gym yeah. and say it's CrossFit. There's no stopping someone from opening up a gym like I had seen before in Michigan that said, getting fit, not cross. And they teach essentially the same things. But they're not officiated with the But they're company. not yeah. officially with it. And then if like, because there are these real things, there's like CrossFit games. Yeah, that you can't compete in that. Someone can't claim that they've been training in a CrossFit yeah. program because really... You know, they've been training with someone who just is teaching them something similar. So, basically, there are different organizations in Irish dance. Yeah. So, you can get certified through different organizations. That was the next thing I was going to ask you was, is this like the PGA where yeah. up until the Saudis decided to dump their blood money into the world of sports, there was the PGA and yeah. there was no other professional organization yeah. to play golf. Now there's two. Is there multiple organizations besides this one? Yes, except CLRG is the biggest one in America. So they they are the proverbial PGA. They're the PGA of Irish dance. Of Irish there dance. are smaller organizations, and you can compete okay. with them, but they're not. Most of them are okay. overseas, and a lot of okay. them aren't here. So CLRG so, is the one you want to go after. So basically, by getting a license from this specific group, much like with the CrossFit comparison, it's getting a stamp of approval for other um, folks to know that you are properly trained and you are trusted by this seal of approval to properly educate others and continue this tradition. Now, the funny part is, is that like these great, you have to take 12 great is so stupid. 12 great exams before you can sit for your exam. It used okay. to be just one gigantic right. exam you sat for. Now it's 12 grade exams okay. and the gigantic exam. Now I think you have to explain this a little bit more too okay. because um, I just took a test with a grade exam and I sat down and I took a literal written test. When you say tests, what are you talking about? Um, so my test is tomorrow, which will be when this podcast comes out. All right. So um, you'll be in California. You'll be in Palm Springs. I will be in Palm Springs okay. freaking out about my grade okay. exams. So you'll be sitting down with a pad and a paper no. and you'll be taking a test. No. So I'm taking grades one, two, and three all at once because okay. they're like the easiest. And and what is a grade? You have to dance. Ah, see. You have to dance okay. um, uh, beginner dances okay. and a couple of advanced dances. Okay. And then the high. Now the problem is is I've heard horror stories about the last three grade exams, the 10 through 12, or 10 through 12. You have to know, like, and I won't go into detail, it's too nerdy. You have to you know have a to, lot of specific different you dances. You have to know, like, all the Kaylee dances, which all of them are kind of similar, and that's terrifying to yeah. me. And then you but, have to dance other dances, and they pick them for you, so you don't know what you're doing until you get in there and they name off the dance. So again, in comparison to the CrossFit gym comparison, there's a book with a hundred exercises for your glutes. Yeah, and you have to know all of them, but but then you go in and they say, okay, show us one, seven, nine, and 26, yeah. Yeah. 
And then you have to go, shit, okay. All right, yeah. number one is this one. Here's seven. Here's 12. Oh, no, was that 19? Okay. So- I've talked to more people that have taken all the grade exams up until 10, 11, 12, and then just quit. So I'm really nervous. <laughs> I mean, if I'm this nervous okay. about one through three, right. 10 through 12 are going to kill me. So you're showing up, and you're basically dancing um, for two reasons. One, for a competition. Yeah, for fun. Um, I have a couple of uh, as you friends that do. are going to be there. Yeah. yeah. And But the other is to begin this process of being graded um, on this kind of increasing yeah so you can take three at a time of getting your certification and it's kind of like a unicorn because like i said not i would say it's very chasey like very that's why i wanted to do it because it said hey don't forget we're offering great exams and i said you know what i'm probably not going to get this chance in the near near future i should Mm -hmm. really start so all right so if we're following you on this adventure you go you compete you do your little you know you do a dance you get graded on your dance Say these grades come back satisfactory, whatever yeah. that may mean. Uh, what what happens next? Um, then you take grades four through six. All right. And, and then I, eventually you do that all the way up through 12. And then... And then you have to... And again, like a unicorn, yes. you have to find... I mean, most people have to travel. I know my friend okay. um, Jackie just got hers yeah. from, I think she was in San Bernardino or something like that. Yes. That's where she had to sit for her exam. She lives in Texas. That was the closest one. And you have to what? You have to... You have to pay for it, of you course. You hold on. So you have to find a person. No, you have to find one of the TCRG exams. Okay. so And it, then you have to find the one closest to you, okay. arrange travel, pay for it, and then go take it and pray to God you and passed then it. And is taking it the same thing or is that a written test? See, is, I don't is know. Is taking it the same thing as... Hey, just I'm going to quiz you on a bunch of dances, and either you get it or you don't. I know you have to dance in the oh, final exam. God. It's nuts. I, and I've, I've literally, in fact, I was talking to my friend, my dancer friend, Karen. We were practicing last weekend because I'm panicking, obviously. And she said she had a friend who is in med school and who also sat for their TCRG yeah. and did not pass and said it's harder than my I mean, med school I can, I, I mean, I can tell you right now, as someone who just passed a licensing exam with the state, to be a therapist, this is more involved. It's insane. Yeah. I I had a hundred and seventy question test. Right, mm-hmm. that was it, and it was a pass fail. Yeah, and hey, if I fail it, I can take it again. Right. Um, I mean, you can take your. And yeah. that's the but, nice but, thing. But here's my thing. I just had to go take the test, right? Like my my proof to the state was um, here's my educational, yeah. you know, requirements. Look, I've gone to school for this. And I would like to get this license. And they go, okay, fine, take the test. And you pass the test, you get the license. They didn't say, oh, by the way, we want you to pass 12 tests before you can even take this test. The grade exams thing is new since I I stopped dancing with CLRG in 2006. And this is my first time back. Jesus Christ. And I thought grade exams were just for shits and giggles. They're like, no, you have to take them all before you sit for your TCRG. Now, part of me wants to say... I think it's good because if you just go in and sit for your TCRG, you have to study all that shit all at once. With the grade exams, you study them all in chunks, but then you got to, then I'm like, why do we have a final exam then? So I will give you then a final question from folks who are probably listening. If they are, I don't know, perhaps your eyelids are drooping. Way too many words and Kaylee's. Oh, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, to compare with me getting my license, right? I got it so I can practice therapy within the state of Arizona legally, right? Uh, And that's really why I have it. Right now I can be employable and I can 
bill insurance companies. Yeah. What happens if you go through all these 12 steps and then you take the big one and then they say, oh my goodness, you've passed. What happens at the end of this adventure? So they send... What is your return on investment? They send your final three grade exams to Ireland. They always say that. That, Because like when I walk out... We get it. You people love having things stamp of approval in Ireland. They really do. Well, no, it's, it's like these people, they're like, I'm a Guinness certified uh, to pour a pint. Our bartender traveled to Dublin. When I walk out the door tomorrow, they're going to give me three yes. pieces of paper. Okay. If When I'm done with the 12th, they just send it right to Ireland. Now, okay. if I do pass, which will be a, a miracle yes. from God. So like I said, everything goes as planned. Everything you get passed. They take the documents. They send them to Ireland. What happens then? Then I'm officially, I can say I'm a TCRG. Then you're an officially a TCRG. What does that mean? Any dancers I teach can compete within the organization and go to worlds overseas. What does that mean for you? Not a whole lot. Do you make more money? Not really. Really? Well. How much are you paying for all this? Uh, enough. Holy shit. I mean, again, self-care, hobbies. She loves this shit. But It's, it's a we- goal. It's been a goal for a yeah, decade. That's cool. But it's like, for me... Like, I only took that fucking test because I can make money with the license. Without the license, I, I really can't make a lot of money. Listen, I have no, I, so, I have a gut feeling that I'm going to bow out at some so point. You being, really so you being certified versus not being certified doesn't affect your pocketbook as far as teaching. Well, it would, but just not in a big way. It's not, you That's know, any, any dance teacher knows you don't teach dance That's as weird. a living. You teach it for a hobby because it doesn't Man. make any money. However, um, the difference would be is that I could get hired as a teacher at my school. Okay. And then, like, Darren, our TCRG yeah. who owns the school, would not have to travel back as often because he okay. lives with his wife in So Texas. is he going to pay you then? Well, he would pay me, yeah. Is he going to pay you, like, I mean, is it a lot of money? Uh, it's not a lot of money. <laughs> Listen, I will say one when, thing. You know, every again, time you say this to me, I, I rethink know, my choices. I know, I know. And, but but again, it's self-care. And I know for everyone who's kind of saying, oh, you know, I I get it. Because everyone's been involved in something like that, right? You got a kid that's into fucking yeah. sports or baseball. You know, you're into whatever it is. I see people all the time. They get involved with something and it does kind of become a little bit of a financial suck. Yeah. But again, as long as you're gaining benefit, I'm not smack talking you. God bless you. Obviously, if we were like short on bills, I may be like, so Miss Palm Springs, let's no. talk about this, right? If we were ever right? short on cash, I would not continue this You know, journey. but it is interesting because I'll tell you one thing. Man, I ain't never met an Irishman that has let a hustle go by. <laughs> Holy fuck, did they figure it out when they started exporting their favorite form of dance? They're going to make white people in America lose their goddamn mind and their savings accounts. The Pat and AJ Podcast Network is available on all your favorite audio platforms. Subscribe today. Follow Pat and AJ on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook now at Pat and AJ. PatandAJ.com. Support the Pat and AJ Podcast Network today by donating on Venmo or Cash App. Powered by the people. The Pat and AJ Podcast.